Puck comes to the right side, half wall. Marcia so there, opens up, he shoots, score! William Carlson tipped it home. 3-0 Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Ducks back in. Vitrano put it on goal, save Thompson! He scrolls and gets the rebound too! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... You will not forget Columbus. It will not drift from your mind anytime soon. And when you see... Logan Thompson ripping off his glove and giving a message to the bench or Paul Cutter celebrating that shootout goal. It will take you back instantly to the night that the cannon was held to two blasts and the Vegas Golden Knights are ripped off an impressive shootout victory to stop that two-game bump in their schedule. 10-1-1 on the road. I can't explain it. Can you Give us a call, 702-876-1340. Ryan Wallace, can you explain it? You can give us a call at 702-876-1340, or you can just talk through your microphone, because I can't (laughs) come up with a reason why the Golden Knights have been so darn effective away from home. There's not anything that's happening that's different as far as a lineup is concerned or a strategy is uh, going into place, it's just incredible how many points that they have piled up away from T-Mobile. And that's not to say that, that they don't love playing in the Fortress. They do. Like, it's their favorite thing to do. But I think the other teams uh, yeah, I, uh, enjoy it as well. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, there there are maybe a couple of things that I I look at or think about and, you know, I, I don't know how tangible any of it really is. I, I think, you know, when you're at home, there's a, a a certain amount of expectation to perform and not so much um pressure to to win but pressure to entertain. We we've heard Mark Stone talk about being entertainers on the ice. So, I don't know if there's anything to that whereas you have this this greater responsibility if you will over the course of 60 minutes to send your fans home with one play or one thing that takes them out of their seats but for the golden knights the road has been an absolute haven so far this year and i'll take a team that is killing it on the road all day long because they they get some real joy you could see from the Golden Knights of going 10-1-1 so far on the road, of picking up all these points away from T-Mobile Arena. And you have to imagine that the the home game is going to come around too, and when it does, they're just going to keep banking more points. That reasoning, put on a show at home and you put more pressure on yourself, That put that one in the box with about 40 other ones that have come across my desk yeah. over the years of why a team <laughs> is enjoying more success on the road than at home for a, a certain stretch. None of those. 
None of those uh, really qualify as to how this team is playing right now. 702-876-1340. we got to go outside the box on this one I because I need, I need some help. Uh, give us an idea of uh, what you think of the last week for the Vegas Golden Knights. A couple of games at home that didn't go their way. There certainly wasn't the same buzz around the team. And then you answer back with uh, a really emotional win last night in which they were missing one of the best players. Uh, call us right now. Mike, uh, you're on the VGK Insider Show leading us off, buddy. Yes, sir. Uh, Ryan explained that very well last night. I would totally agree with that explanation, uh, and as well as the fact that in season one and maybe beyond that, there was a Vegas hangover, and people acknowledged it or didn't, but it was true. Teams just didn't come in here and play very well, and and so now they there is no Vegas hangover, and they come in with the intent of beating us and. As often as not, they do. But that doesn't explain the road. I think Ryan explained the road very well. What I, what I didn't really agree with last night, although Ryan did give a good explanation, I'll ask you, Darren, is that why can't more people, because Logan saw that Paul Cotter had a skill set that others do not work on. And why can't more people work on that skill set? Because we were 4-4 four and four last year in shootouts. What if we were... Six and two. Would we have made the playoffs? I say yes. Mike, I'll tell you right now that they all work on it. They all put in time thinking about it. They all practice the shootout at the end of various skates. And sometimes the coach will will hold a shootout competition within the team. They all do work on it in some form or another. It does happen. So to, to think that it's not being addressed individually by the players or as the coaches uh, is not right. The The well, part about Paul Cotter, though, is he's just really gifted at it. And this is something that, that he has uh, attached himself to since he was in junior high or high school, where he would go out in skill sessions uh, before school uh, because uh, he he did this uh, before uh, he would even walk into the classroom because the, the, the showers weren't even warmed up. He said that was the worst part because he'd be, he'd be at the rink and uh, the, the water would still be cold in the pipes, and that was the worst part about it. But he would have these before uh, school uh, skill sessions a couple of times a week where he would work on his shootout, his dream. His dream is a full sheet of ice, a goaltender, and nothing but breakaways. It's his thing, and he's gifted at it, and he loves it. And Mm -hmm. you just have to uh, acknowledge and be good with the fact that he's different. He's on another level, but it doesn't take away from the, the fact that the other guys still try still work on it. They're just, some guys can shoot the puck a lot harder than others. Some guys can pass the puck and sauce the puck uh, better than others and put it on, on your stick. Paul Cotter's just a genius with those hands. Well, I'll press the point one more time yeah. and I'll ask this question. Would you rather see a guy make a mistake, trying to juke a goaltender into moving the wrong direction? Or would you rather see one of our players uh, skate within, say, eight or ten feet of the goalie and try to go five-hole, which never, it seems, works. Well, it did two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, when Mark Stone scored on Stuart Skinner. He went okay. five-hole, and, and it was a great shot, and he, he got some of that advice from Logan Thompson. Uh, five-hole, you don't score on a lot anymore because of the equipment and the way the pads fold down, but, but Mark Stone did it ten days ago. 
So I, I'm not sure, uh, and I, I know that you're referring to one of the shootout attempts last night, uh, but you, you had two goals scored in that shootout, Mike, and uh, thank you for the call, but you had two goals scored last night and by the Vegas Golden Knights, and they were scored in total opposite fashions. Call us. Give us a ring on this, 702-876-1340. Love to get your ideas on the shootout, what you saw last night, first time the Golden Knights went to the 101 showdown uh, this year. So you had Jonathan Marcheseau come down, left-handed shot. He didn't do any type of move, not the slightest. Now, a lot of times uh, the player will carry the puck in in front of them and then will... Slide it to the side, either left or the right, depending on which hand you shoot, and you'll snap it home, which changes the angle of the puck. It's significant when you can do that. Marcheseau last night brought the puck in, carried it in towards the goaltender, out on the side. There was no move at all, and he just flat out beat him. That mm-hmm. is arguably more impressive than Cotter. Just based on, he didn't do anything. He just beat him with a great shot. And add add this to it. If he didn't score, they lose the game. And then you had Cotter come down with a chance to win the game. And he puts on the show, which was sensational. But I, I couldn't believe the, the different approaches. And they, they both worked, and they, they come together uh, for a win. 702-876-1340. Some numbers, uh, lines uh, lighting up right now. Let's go to William. Uh, thanks for the call, bud. Hey, how's it going, boys? Um, you know, what I've noticed over the last uh, three games in particular, um, even including last night's game, is, you know, the defensive zone clearing just isn't there. And what I see is um, the the, the the other teams are really just anticipating where we're going to put the puck, and we're just having such a difficult time getting out of the zone. So what do you guys think? Oh, I thought they were much better last night. I, I will say that. Uh, the games against Seattle and Vancouver, it was a struggle. And they got they yeah. got bottled in uh, a couple of times, and they couldn't get out. Uh, but, uh, but last night, I thought they did a better job. Now, w- one goal was an extended D-zone shift, which caught up to them, and yeah. that was that was part of it. Uh, they couldn't get the puck out; it was within two feet, and they they didn't get it to go. And that that drives coaches nuts. Uh, the players that were on the ice, they were so close. Uh, they they've they've been burned a couple of times by uh, attempts to make plays that haven't gone their way, and I would say eight times out of ten they'll make those plays. But I, I really in in looking at the last five games. I'll go back to the to the road trip Edmonton and Vancouver, uh, where where they've made decisions to jump on plays and it's just gone the other way and it's ended up in their net and I know that's frustrating but uh, I I agree some of that's pre scouting you got division foes who are, who are more in line with you sure. Vancouver and and Seattle uh, but uh, but I thought last night was a big step forward William yeah Darren well you know I, and and you know to my point. Um, you know, even in that, that, that one, the first goal where, where Gutierrez scored, where they held it in the zone, it seemed like forever. Um, you know, again, I, you know, I, I looked back at the film last night, watched it over and over again, and, and it would just, I, I could just see the anticipation uh, from, the, from the opposing team of just where we're going to put the puck and where to be. 
And it's like, do they have the system figured out for us or what's going on? Are we just in a slump? Ryan, what's your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, I think that when you're, whenever you're caught on kind of a marathon shift in your own zone, like the Golden Knights were uh, on that Johnny Gaudreau goal, you're going to be a half step behind because you're expending a ton of energy just trying to get to the puck and then get that clearance. So uh, it really, you go back to kind of that initial play where you're trying to get the puck out of the zone, it doesn't go, and then you've got Columbus moving the puck around. All of a sudden, you're you're kind of in that prevent situation where you're trying to keep everything to the outside, which I think the Golden Knights did a pretty good job of. But you know, you look at kind of the play that happened right before that goal is scored. Mark Stone tries to make a play on the pocket, just bounces over his stick. If he gets that, nine times out of ten, Mark Stone does. It's down the, the, the length of the ice. The Golden Knights get a change, and you don't get a goal against. I, I don't know that I want to take away the instincts of a Mark Stone in that spot to try to make a play. But for the Golden Knights, it's it's kind of a, a give and take where you have to know which, which parts of the game and which situations you're going to try to make those plays and which ones you're not going to and you know if mark stone makes this the play that he usually makes it's not even a situation that we're talking about right now yeah agreed well boys thanks for your time i appreciate it i like your insight thanks buddy there's william on the vgk insider show a line open 702-876-1340 sounds better when you throw it out like 702-876-1340 call us right now what did you see as the difference between the Thanksgiving games against Seattle and Vancouver and then the victory last night in Columbus? A couple of things are there. One, Vegas didn't lead at all in those two home ice losses. That's really unusual. Yep. Trailed after the first period against the Vancouver Canucks. First time that they were behind at the first intermission since game one of the season. That's a heck of a long run to not be in that position. But it there's big anomalies there, outliers between those two games because they've led for 42% of the time that the, the season's been underway and you're into the, the second quarter. Last night, never trailed and had the lead. And we, we're all talking about Paul Cotter and Logan Thompson and we'll get more into the signal to the bench. But don't forget about William Carlson, and then Will Carrier, and what those two were able to do last night. Strange, the Carlson goal is more like a Carrier goal, and the Will Carrier goal <laughs> looked a lot like a William Carlson goal, in which, I mean, well, Carlson was diving over and whacked it, and uh, Tarasov couldn't believe that that puck went in, uh, as yeah. Carlson scored from from not even on his skates, and Carey skated right down the slot and zipped it home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one guy's got eight goals and one guy's got six goals, so it's a little bit of role reversal there for uh, the Williams. But, you know, you're you're absolutely right in that William Carlson, he, he gets his first shot on net, but then it's just kind of desperation to get the puck back uh, to an area where it's going to be dangerous. He gets a fortuitous bounce off of a Blue Jacket skate in, and that's how the Golden Knights kind of start things off. But then the the play for me, Will Carrier, is just phenomenal. He's... He, well, Zach White Cloud, yeah. lost, yeah. Just you know, by virtue of of how high in the zone Will Carrier is coming up, and the in the play from Zach White White Cloud to slide it into Carrier where he's got time and space, uh, it's just excellent, excellent zone work from the Golden Knights, and I love to see that puck go in for Will Carrier. Sorry to jump on you there a little bit. Uh, there was some garbly 
coming through the atmosphere, and I was worried that you weren't coming back, so I wanted to make sure that we were uh, entertaining the audience as much as possible. 702-876-1340. Biggest difference between the bump in the road and getting back on the winning track last night, and what was your impression when you saw what Logan Thompson was doing, and did you know right away that he was sending that message to the bench to get Paul Cotter out there. I was screaming with Darren Elliott in Studio 31. You got to put him in. Because we, we do our lists. Every shootout, Darren does a list, I do a list, and we try and guess who the shooters are going to be in order for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's a little fun uh, thing that we do to try and show each other how much we know competition. Uh, I had Cotter <laughs> second. Uh, I had Cotter second. Uh, my, my shooters were Theodore, Cotter, Waugh, and then Eichel. And... And then Connor didn't didn't go didn't go didn't go. I'm like this this guy. And then the the, the great reaction from uh, post game and explanation from Bruce Cassidy was was outstanding. Like he wanted to put him in, but then he's got other guys that were going. Mark Stone scored a couple of weeks ago. You've got Jack Eichel uh, coming back into the game. Like Jack Eichel's worked his butt. Gwent got stitches in two different spots. His cheeks swelled up, and he's sitting there on the bench. And you're not going to use him, of course. When a guy goes through all of that and he's a superstar, you're going to lean on Jack Eichel. And so there's there's reasons why he went down the list and Marcheseau, uh w- was able to score. Uh, there's there's uh, there's a lot of reasoning why Cotter maybe slipped to seven. He's up in the top three moving forward. And Mike asked the question about why other players don't work on the shootout, and I answered that. Mm-hmm. But it leads me down another path. We talk all the time about guys staying on the ice at the end of a skate. And in the summer, Mm -hmm. they're working on this. They're practicing the backhands. They're practicing uh, uh, being able to shoot off sharp angles. They're, They're working on their puck skills in tight areas. All these different things that help a player have a great season or a career year. I've watched William Carlson do it. Stick handle through 20 pucks up and then back. And he keeps doing it until he can do it cleanly. And then go in and shoot on the net. Mm -hmm. I've watched him during the summer do this. The goal that William Carlson scored last night, I guarantee you he's never worked a second on. It was just reactionary. (laughs) He took a stab. It was desperation. And it's awesome. But we as announcers love to lean on you know that they've spent some time on that after practice when they're working on face-offs and, uh, and these, uh, these planned plays. Uh, that wasn't the case last night. That was purely making it up on the fly with William Carlson. Chapman. Yeah, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll ask some of the guys when they get back into town, but what is the most important aspect of, of the shootout? Is it the shot? Is it the confidence? Is it the stick handling? Is it having a move? Like, what is the most important aspect of well, what you makes have, it? You've got to move. Uh, not really. Yeah, you do. My move is from, from the not, couch to the fridge. No, your, your move, if you're on a shootout, you've got one. I guarantee you, if you went down in three shootouts, you would probably do the same uh, oh, thing twice. Oh, you were talking about my move in particular. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I no, I am. Okay. I am. If you went down right. in a shootout three times, you'd probably do the same thing twice. You've got to move. It's just not very good. good. Okay. All right? Fair enough. A lot of guys have moves. They're just not very good. You see Jokinen back in the day? Yeah. He had two moves, and they were both really good. He was a shootout specialist. So the move is the most important aspect? The 
No, having a good move. Ah, okay. <laughs> is the most important aspect. I mean, because because there's there's lots of guys that can go down there and score the odd goal. Yeah. But to be able to do it over and over, it's really darn hard. Look, and and, and the the other thing I, I want to mention about Cotter is he did it in my view the right way. He doesn't come in way to the left. Slow down, <laughs> do 55 stick handles, and then throw it in. It's legal. I know. I don't like it. He came with speed. Get off my and, lawn. And he put it home. He he came with speed, and he was able to deke the goaltender. I love that. I don't mind you coming in and slowing down the last second, but I hate the uh, the, the true deliberate thing. Uh, you you got to have some kind of move. Yeah. Otherwise, what, what Marcia So did last night? Was the rarest of rare. <laughs> Come in, the puck out to the side, and just shoot and beat the goaltender. Like that, I love Marcheseau, and he's super skilled. But to me, that was on the on the goalie. And it looked like early on, maybe maybe they had a scouting report on Tarasov because it looks, you know, the two shots that hit the the, the crossbar, they both kind of went in the <laughs> they same. They don't even count the the shots. Plot. They don't well. even care shots. <laughs> Come on, goaltenders will tell you that all day long. Let's go back to the phone lines. So Rita, how you doing? Oh, I'm okay. Uh, I just got one thing, an answer for Chapman. The most important thing for the EGK shootout is to make sure first we go to Coach Thompson and ask him what to do next. Well, you're going back to the sh- to the penalty shot goal where he gave Mark Stone the advice to shoot five-hole on Stuart Skinner. Stuart Skinner, by the way, gives up the most five-hole goals in the National Hockey League this year. Uh, based on a percentage of the number of goals that that he lets in, so and he also played him in the American Hockey League. So he's got the scouting report there uh, on the other goaltender, and he knows who's good on his side. Uh, that uh, I, I don't, I know he was thinking it. It was still brash, Rita, to be able to give that signal to the head coach. <laughs> well, anybody that saw his text to send in this summer. No, he don't lack confidence at all. No, and I, I, I don't mind it. It just still blows me away that it happened. Con- it's cool. What what happened last year with this team, Rita? They wouldn't have been close without somebody who had that confidence. He was the perfect person to step in and take control of that crease at the time, and he's been able to carry it over. Uh, and Bruce Cassidy, he he mentioned it after the game. I've talked about it. We've never seen it before when somebody does that uh, to the bench. But if, 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 you're, if you're right, it's not a bad thing. The Calder. Several sportscasters have named him for the Calder. Yeah, he's, he's in the running. He's absolutely in the running, uh, and, he, and he should be in the running. He, he just was under the uh, number of games played. Uh, to keep him qualified as a rookie this year, and and he's going to uh, take advantage of it as far as putting himself in a position. Uh, I love it. Uh, All-Star Game's going to be here in a couple of months. Is he a Pacific Division goaltender for that? Uh, that'll certainly help his cause uh, moving forward. Uh, Rita, what do you, what do you well, see as the difference? One be- last thing. Ryan, congratulations on the new babies. They're adorable. Thank you, Rita. I appreciate that. Babies? What kind of babies we got? Goats? Yeah. Yeah, goats. Nice. A couple of kids. Nice. Yeah. A couple of kids. Attaboy. More on the way. Uh, uh, Rita, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. What did you see as the difference between the games against Seattle and Vancouver and the contest last night? I'm curious from a from a Rita perspective. The guys just fought harder. Yeah. I I just saw more 
we we're not going to let this happen again. And um, and I didn't see that on the Thanksgiving games. Uh, I thought there was a real fatigue factor. It isn't anything that people want to hear. It's true. But uh, there was a fatigue factor with those games against Seattle. That was a clunker against Seattle. And the game against Vancouver just totally uh, got away from them. Thanks, Rita. Uh, appreciate it. 702-876-1340. Uh, getting back to the home and away record. Mm-hmm. The first year and a half, two years, teams came in here. They were distracted, Ryan. And we talk about the Vegas flu a lot. I don't think there was as much of that. Maybe. But guys are pretty professional, and they're not going to go out and do a bunch of stuff uh, every time they're in Vegas because the coach is, is thinking that. I, I know two teams that didn't even stay close to the strip. They were way out uh, because the general manager uh, didn't want them anywhere near. But I do acknowledge that in-game coming and playing at T-Mobile the first couple of years, they were distracted because it was it was overwhelming. The show that was happening in the ring and then the team that was on the ice and just blitzing you. Now, and, and it, it really took hold in year three, is teams want to play here badly. They look forward to playing here because of the show. There was an Eastern Conference club that came through here in, I want to say, year three, right at the end of year three. And they were out of the they were out of the playoff race. There there was no chance. It was January or February. Not a hope that they were going to qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And one of the players grabbed me and said, "We can't wait for tonight. This is our Stanley Cup <laughs> because they were yeah. going to get to experience that. They were they were getting beat down every night. They were just playing out the string even at that stage. And that was." their time to enjoy some kind of environment, some kind of vibe, because they weren't getting at home, and nobody really cared to watch them uh, from uh, a road perspective, but they were going to enjoy that. So that's when it started to turn where other clubs were really looking forward to it. And it doesn't make it uh, so you should have a 500 home record, certainly, and that's not what it is right now. Like Their home record's... Fine. It's just I think part of it is that their their road record is so sensational right now that it draws some attention to the uh, to the performance at home, which is kind of skewed. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's certainly a degree of of teams loving playing in Las Vegas. I think teams relish the opportunity to come into Vegas and play the Golden Knights team and and have. And, and be in that atmosphere because it's it's a playoff atmosphere every single game over the course of the 41 home games during the regular season. Doesn't matter if we're talking about April uh, or if we're talking about uh, January or October. It's the same energy. So I think a lot of teams really do get up for that, really do love to play in that atmosphere. And you get most teams' best efforts every single time they come to T-Mobile Arena. And we, we used to go through all the time in Toronto when I worked there where teams would come in and the old adage was uh, they're going to play well because they, they got three or four Ontario kids in their team. It didn't, didn't always happen that way because they're in town. They got friends. They got family. Uh, the grandparents are, are there. They got uh, a bunch of things going on, and it was almost distracting. They were happy to play there, but it didn't always work out into a great, great performance. Here, it's just about the game. Like Jason Zucker's coming into town. He's seeing friends and family, but 
How many how many other people are are on a visiting National Hockey League team playing in Vegas? Going, I I, I can't wait because I'm going to see Auntie Donna and Uncle Charlie, and uh, it's going to be awesome. My cousins and everything. No, they they just focus on the game. They're just uh, they're just looking for forward to that game, and and that plays plays a role in it. And uh, it, I think it helps raise the level of, of the Golden Knights uh, shootout shootout last night. Paul yep. Cotter scores. Jonathan Marchessault mm-hmm. scores. Lost in, yep. in all that. Phil Kessel took the shootout attempt last night. It was his 75th shootout attempt. <laughs> 75 That's a lot. shootout That's attempts. That's a lot of those. Oh. When, when, when that stat, you know, it's like uh, attempts, goals, percentage, it, it popped up on the screen. Yeah. 75? <laughs> that's like going to the shootout every game for a full season. It just yeah, it, it that's, blew that's me almost, away. It's almost as ridiculous as Alec Martinez leading the league in block shots by like forty-five. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like but when, when, when you that, watch when Alec that, Martinez, that, you understand it because yeah. he the way no, yeah, we walked sure. through that a couple of weeks ago, and and now that uh, since he he did that with me, I've been way more conscious of it. It's like I used to wonder, okay, sure. how how's he racking these up? And now I now I can't mm-hmm. unsee it. It's just everywhere that, sure. that he's blocking these shots and turning his his blades. Yeah, I I think that it's just it's one of those things where you know it, it you you don't really need more reinforcement of how long Phil Kessel has been in this league and how uh, few games he has missed it since becoming a, an NHL player. But you know if a thousand plus games in a row doesn't do it for you, the fact that he's taken seventy five shootout attempts will will certainly underscore how long he's been well, around. I wonder how many shootouts his teams have been involved in, and how many of those he's participated Ooh. in. Because it's got to be right up there. Like you can't think yeah. that that he's been left out too many times if he's if he's shot seventy five over the course of his career, and there's a good reason why you would right. put him in that because he's he's super skilled. Hey, if you if you're gonna pick three stars from last night, we're gonna take a break. I want to know what your three stars would would have been from the game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's a, a semi spin on the game rating, but I'm really curious because there's all different ways that you can go with it, from Carrier, who was a monster throughout that game mm-hmm. uh, and scored. And then you've got the, the likes of the shootout and the overtime and Jack Eichel just coming back. How much does that play into your suggestions? I want to send us notes on Twitter to Ryan the Hockey Guy or fire us the odd phone call at 702-876-1340 and we'll try and squeeze a couple more in. It's the VGK Insider Show. Who are your three stars from last night? You get to pick. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Okay, here's the challenge. Morphed into this because there's so many storylines last night for the Vegas Golden Knights beating the Columbus Blue Jackets. Who who are your three stars? If you had to pick them, tonight's three stars as selected by... Because that's the worst part. Sometimes I like doing the three stars, and sometimes on those tough nights, you can almost hear the crowd going, "What's he thinking? Why? Sure. Why would he go there?" All right, who are your three stars 
Ryan. Third star of the game, Braden McNabb. Second star of the game, very simple, Will Carrier. Number one star of the game, Logan Thompson. All right, you're not picking the stars anytime soon. That was okay. that was lame. And I like in, my buddy Nabber. In what way? Love my buddy Nabber. Little John, my boy Nabber. Uh, and you, and you Carrier was awesome. Step up. Carrier was yeah. great. Yeah, but. And and uh, we we know what what Logan Thompson did, but let's get a little theatrical in this mix. Chapman, your three stars from last night. You're gonna hate me because Johnny Goudreau is one of my stars. All right, a goal, a goal, and an assist. <laughs> I was more angling towards three Golden Knight stars, but I, I I didn't make it. Chapman. I didn't make it specific, <laughs> and if I don't spell it out. I deserve what I get. Okay, so Johnny Gaudreau's your third star? Yes, third star. All right. He was good. I'm going to put Zach Whitecloud on on my my three stars. He would be my second star. And I'm going to go William Carrier as my first star. This was an abomination. (laughs) Like, seriously, you guys. Can somebody save me? Call 702-876-1340. Logan Thompson are literally the reason that the Golden Knights won last night. 702-876. legitimately the three stars. Well, who are your three stars? 876-1340. Call now. Save this segment. Don't do that. Then you do it. Yeah, you say it. I, I was going stars. to give it to but I, I want somebody else. I want the audience to have an opportunity to save this segment. Because what you guys offered up is, I watch games and I'm very into the uh, fine arts of, of hockey. Right, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is amazing. Here we, here we and I love this. This is I know all the details of a forecheck I, and a backcheck and a and a oh, side coacheck. That, that's is what this is. Jack Eichel, Logan Thompson, Jack Potter, Eichel's Logan your third Thompson, star. Jack, Jack Eichel yeah. took a puck to the face. Raced off the ice, came back, participated in an overtime, hit the post in the shootout just by returning. I took four weeks off after smashing my face. That guy missed three shifts and came back and He's didn't even different. wear a, a cage. I think that he'll wear a cage on Thursday because of uh, the m- multiple stitch locations. Oh. Uh, and but but the the bubble, the the riser, that cheek bump. Oh my goodness! Jack Eichel was the uh, was my third star just. Because he was a hockey player last night. Paul Cotter was the second so star that, that because takes, he was outstanding. So he was able to put it at home and make the magic and the shootout and had everybody going, whoa. What was everybody talking about after the game? They were talking about Paul Cotter's shootout goal. That was brilliant. But Logan Thompson, not because he made the signal, but it had an influence. 4-3. What just happened there? I'm looking at Darren Elliott. What, what's he doing? There's something up there. He's not hurt. Something's going on there. And then we look back four, and it was the the double pump, four, three, boom, points at the bench, and it gave us this the hint that it was going to be Paul Cotter. But because Logan Thompson allowed two goals or less, and then after f- allowing the first puck to beat him in the sh- didn't allow got beat by the first puck of the shootout, shut the door. That's your first star, and that. Is theater, ladies and gentlemen, not back check, four check, coat check. I'm I'm just curious who the actual three stars of the game were because I I, I didn't That's see. That's a hard no. 
What was it? The uh, Chapman, Chapman, the actual three stars of the game are as follows. First star of the game, Logan Thompson. Second star of the game, Johnny Gaudreau. Third star of the game, Paul Cotter. I think that's yeah. fair. I think that's fair too, that, and yeah. that's that's picked by Columbus too. I, I like. I'm sorry. I'm not giving Jack Eichel star of the game because he came back in the third oh period. Like, listen, if if Jack Eichel would have scored the in, winning goal in overtime, or if he would have scored the game winning goal, then absolutely he gets catapulted. Absolutely, he's put on that pedestal. But he he hit two posts, one in overtime, one in the shootout. If he would have hit one of those, then it's a different story. But he doesn't take away from the extra load Braden McNabb had to shoulder, specifically on the penalty kill with Alex Petrangelo out of the lineup. And that had a big, big carryover as to why the Golden Knights did win the game. You're not Toe Blake in the 1940s picking the stars in Montreal going all traditional. This is entertainment. It's, it's not a traditional. Sizzle. It's the Let's game. Let's go. It's Let's the game. sell it. Come on. Did Jack three score? Stars. Did Jack score? Darren, we did go. Jack actually score a goal? Dr. Odell is coming up with the injury report on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Let's go. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Chapman's hooking up with uh, Dr. Robert Odell. Got the VGK injury report coming your way. Just a couple of seconds. Going to talk some knee pain. I got some knee pain. Got some neck pain. Mm-hmm. Got a headache from you guys near three stars last it's segment. Tough. It's gotta oh be. It's gotta be really difficult being the smartest man in the room. All well, the normally, it's normally suck. it's okay. Normally, I'm fine. Yeah. It's when people it offer these goofy challenges to it, where I'm like, "How does this happen?" Yeah. Uh, here's uh, Dr. Robert Odell of the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas, uh, talking some knee pain this week. How are you, doctor? I'm doing good. Uh, we're going to talk some knee pain. Uh, there's there's so many different types, though. Uh, how how do you boil it down to one conversation? Well, um, are we are we on the air? We are on the air, pal. Oh, okay. Well, um, the, the there's a, a minor minor injuries, knee sprain strains that people get every every day, and even of course athletes do. Sprain strains are come from you know tweaking the a little bit too far out or far in. And it strains the ligaments, the medial collateral ligament. I think many people have heard of a lateral collateral ligament. And oftentimes these things will heal on their own. Uh, you know, we have actually have a machine at our at our at our at our office that can actually speed that process up. But that's the most common sort of non-serious uh, sprain. The medial collateral ligament and the lateral collateral ligament stabilize in the and the um, anterior cruciate ligament, the posterior cruciate ligament, are 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 small, tiny ligaments inside and keep your knee from going uh, forward and backward. Uh, those are not sprained as often because, of course, they're, they're much more protected and deeper. When you kind of look at and you assess knee pain, like obviously there, there are like impact injuries that can happen, but it, it, can you just have or suffer from knee pain from maybe other things in the body? Well, yeah. Usually not. If you have a... If you have a uh, uh, some sort of a systemic uh, autoimmune disease, you certainly could. But um, older people, of course, will get osteoarthritis, where the, uh, the the hip and the shoulder and the actually the uh, thumb joint, the MCP joint of the thumb, are the most commonly involved. That's where you know the arthritis when the when the when the uh, inside of the uh, joint starts to break down. 
Um, that, of course, comes more with aging, or it can be traumatic. If you get a tibial plateau fracture, a fracture of the top of the uh, leg bone, the bottom leg bone, that affects the knee joint, and people can have all kinds of early arthritis from that. That's sort of later in life. How do you treat it? What's your most well, common it depends. Form? It depends. I mean, uh, there's fancy. Uh, uh, there's a lot of fancy techniques that range from uh, you know the, the Snex machine, which I think the Gold Knights have in their office in, in their training room. They have a Snex device um, to uh, uh, to um, um, you know the trainers do extensive rehab, whirlpool, heat, cold, all those energy modalities that work so well. Up to an, uh, up to of course uh, uh, surgery if if the injury is 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 so bad we don't have enough time to talk specifics but we could you know we could spend some time talking about some of the specific types of knee injuries there's there's actually another knee injury I just want to mention it's on the inside of the knee below the the uh, knee joint it's called the pessanserine it, it if you have pain right down there you push it's not in your joint but it's below that that's actually a bursitis very easily treated with a simple injection. Uh, and um, it, it really doesn't involve the knee joint, and it's very, very simple compared to, uh, say, uh, uh, a more complex knee injury. So there's, uh, you just need, you need to be seen by somebody that, that has experience, your trainer, a chiropractor, um, physical therapist, medical doctor, DO, and they can pretty much uh, uh, make a diagnosis and, and send you along the right path. Do you have one particular treatment or type of, uh, I guess a two-part question, uh, type of injury uh, that you see more often than others, and then type of treatment that you use more often than others? In our clinic, we see mostly osteoarthritis because we have an older Medicare population. Mm -hmm. So we, we first might try steroids maybe once, but if that doesn't work, then we can go ahead and, we can go ahead and do some of our, of our fancier techniques including uh, um, uh, uh, putting knee gel in or burning the nerves that go to the knee joint. I do want to mention something, for, especially for people, say, in their 30 to 50, 60, if you have a ligament or an internal derangement of the knee, if something is wrong with the ligaments, you can do something called platelet-rich plasma, and it works beautifully. It, no insurance is paid for it, unfortunately, but but uh, many I charge you know like I think five or six hundred dollars, very reasonable, and other clinics are very reasonable. Um, and what they do is you take the patient's own blood, they spin the platelet down the platelet-rich plasma in the platelets is all kinds of growth factors and your own body defense mechanisms that will basically can heal a tendon. It can decrease arthritis in many cases, um, and um, it, it's using your own body to heal. I think. Like, I don't know how old you guys are, but when you're my age, I think some of the stuff will be standard of care as it should be. It really shouldn't be cash. It's ridiculous what the insurance companies have, you know, have done to us uh, for stuff that works. So that's PRP, right? That's the... Platelet-rich plasma, yeah. Okay. yeah. And that's it... occurred regenerative medicine, yeah. yeah. What, what's the... I'm just curious. What's the, what's the price tag on that? Our clinic, we, we charge about $600. We use a far advanced PRP yeah. uh, setup. You can... You know, there's PRP and there's PRP. It really depends on how it's prepared to make sure you get the biggest bang for your buck. No, no, no pun intended. The most, the most. Um, now what we do is we actually uh, put the uh, platelet-rich plasma into the uh, ligament that might be affected. This goes for the shoulder too, or even the in other joints. And then we actually put the uh, the, the leukocyte pour or the platelet-rich the, the 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 plasma that's not quite as concentrated. We can put that in the joint. That also really, really helps. So there's a variety of things that we can do. 
not just simply injecting into a joint. We can inject into the into the structures. Those people I've been I was fortunate to be trained by our world world class regenerative medicine doctor. In fact, I'm trying to get him to come up here a couple of times a month. His name is George Chang Xian. He's written over hundred papers on uh, regen medicine. He's a genius and and uh, just a just a joy to work with. If people are intrigued, how do they get in touch with you? Oh, our uh, clinic number is 702-257-7246, 702-257-PAIN, and uh, talk to Elizabeth, my my sister-in-law, who's a new patient coordinator. She's terrific, and uh, love to see you. Awesome stuff. I appreciate it. It always makes us uh, think every time that uh, you're on. I want to add to your listeners, uh, you know, if, if you guys need to call and you're on the other side of town or something and want to refer over there, I'd be happy to give you the referral. I you know, I, I know gas is expensive these days, and a lot of good colleagues of mine around town, a lot of, you know, a lot of people that maybe aren't as good, but there's some good ones, and they'll be happy to help you out any way we can. Very generous of you, buddy. Uh, really appreciate it. There's Dr. Go Robert ahead. Odell of the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Give him a shout, and he will take care of you. We're back. Hour number two of the VGK Center Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.